Hello, Podicumens, and welcome to another episode of the Podicistas podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and 1980s hair metal lovers, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. What's up, guys? Heidi ho, neighbors. <laughs> yeah, that is the most hair metal greeting I've ever heard. I know, right? <laughs> we, t- uh, we totally coordinated on the intro. Yeah, we very did, much we so. Did. We did. Uh, I bring up the hair metal because, gentlemen, it's the final countdown. Wow, that was almost on pitching. Let's auto-tune that in. Uh, I know. Yeah. Man, that was killer. That's, yeah, my new ring, that's my new ringtone. There you go. You're just going to record it and put yeah. it on there. Well, it is. It's the final countdown. We are in the 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 last throws, if you will, of this season of the Podakistas podcast. Now, listeners, uh, we're not saying that we will. Um, we won't. We're not saying that we will end it. Oh um, goodness, no. But what we're saying is uh, the catechism is coming to an end, and uh, we're getting ready to do something new, and we'll be talking more about that in future episodes. Yes, we have great plans. Now, we've got—we still have a handful of episodes in the catechism. You are only coming to the close of one section, and we have some great plans to take us into the future to keep talking about what Christians believe. And why it matters. matters. Um, As always, hit us up on social media. uh, Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Comment on our uh, episodes. Let us know. And hey, you know, we've gotten a lot of comments over these episodes that we've been doing on the sacraments, on baptism, and on communion. And I just want to give a shout out to Colin, one of our super listeners. He listens to us all the time. Um, Colin uh, before he came over to St. Luke Church, which is the church I serve right now, um, he was a lifetime, lifelong uh, Roman Catholic. His brother, in fact, is a Catholic priest. And uh, we, in a past episode, kind of had some throwaway lines about limbo and purgatory. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly can't even really remember how we were fitting it into the conversation. But Colin went and did research yes. on this. He did some research on, uh, on this. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm reading through uh, basically the, the write-up that he, um, he gave on that, and we'll be speaking more to those issues. But it is interesting, um, the concept of purgatory, the concept of limbo. And I want to give a, um, if you're interested in that, I don't think that's really within the purview of this, you know, to go deep form in this, at least right now in what we're doing. But if you want to look at the idea of purgatory, heaven, hell, all that comes with it from an evangelical Protestant point of view, Dr. Jerry Walls, um, who is a lecturing professor of philosophy at um, Houston Baptist University, HBU. Isn't that uh, your wife's alma mater? Yeah, my wife graduated from HBU. Yeah, that's awesome. And Phil Talon, who does the Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith, he is on staff there. He's a dean, I think. And um, so there's a, even at that university, there's some great Wesleyan-minded folks. And um, uh, Dr. Walls has a book called Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory. Um, It's uh, written on a popular level. It's his scholarly work written on a popular level. I'm going to put a link into the show notes for that book. If you want to look at it, it is a- Show notes! Show notes! It's a really good, really good uh, a book for uh, evangelical Protestants to be looking at. Um, listen, and, and listen, just issues. a word, just a word of caution. Um, when you're dealing with limbo, you may throw out your back. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Wow. Wow. That's great. Hey, and just so y'all know, like, I like how Jim just threw it away. Jim said, Oh, that's great. And just, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, um, when you're, there's a lot of, uh, doctrine, especially that will come primarily from our Roman Catholic church, um, that people just, they talk about, they think they get, but they don't get Yeah. like, um, so that's, that's worth a read. Um, just, just for edification and have further understanding so that, you know, you know what you're talking about. So, Hey, yeah. Colin, that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a good dude. He is actually the, uh, the CEO of a, um, what do you call that? Uh, chamber of commerce. Up Don't near, dox him now. Oh, I'm not up near Atlanta. And he just, he listens to it. He lives here in Columbus and drives, um, about an hour and a half or so every week to his job. And so, we're we're part of his weekly devotional life and growing in his Christian faith. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. And hopefully we're not leading you astray, Colin. <laughs> hey, so. hey, Jim, to dox him means we'd have listeners. So oh, that's right. So, Colin already knows his information. Yeah. It's, it's Colin and it's Brian and it's Allison. I think that's about it. That's about so, it. That's about it. And right. that's like one in every 10 episodes. <laughs> All right. Oh, so good. So good. Let's, let's right. do the thing, guys. All right. So <laughs> we're coming to the final, the the final few uh, pieces, questions to this catechism. And so we're hitting up question 98 today as we talk about prayer in general, prayer. And so uh, the question that we get asked is, uh, what is prayer? Well, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for which things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Let me, before we get into the uh, scripture here, uh, N.T. Wright in one of his popular books um, uh, called uh, New Testament Prayer for Everyone, it's from his For Everyone series, Um, he has this to say, and I just love this paragraph. He says, uh, prayer, you see, is all about the mysterious reality that our world and God's world are not far apart. Hmm. Our life and God's life are not separated by a vast distance. Yes, sometimes we try to put up walls to stop God getting near us, but he can see through them. And sometimes we hear him knocking gently on the other side. Our sphere of reality and God's sphere of reality, earth and heaven in biblical language, were made to fit together. Prayer is one of the key places where that happens. And so prayer is such an, an, important, an important discipline in the Christian life, an important part in the Christian life for a variety of reasons. But what Dr. Wright's getting at, Bishop Wright's getting at here, is that one of the most important reasons is that prayer itself is this bridge between God's reality and our reality, heaven and earth, which are not as far apart, um, which are not as far apart as we would like to think. One last thing I want to share is from John Wesley. Now, in his, uh, in his treatise, A Plain Account of Christian Perfection, he has a, 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 a sentence or a paragraph, I should say, that uh, says this, it says, um, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. 
And even they who have been converted to God without praying for it themselves, which is exceedingly rare, were not without the prayers of others. Every new victory which a soul gains is the effect of a new prayer. Mm. And so for Wesley, prayer is an important piece. Prayer is vital. And for him, he says that God, that, that's what God does. That's his, he, he answers prayer. And so uh, this is an important piece. Um, I know that sometimes on social media, prayer gets a, a bad rap. Um, you know, after a tragedy, sometimes people will just throw out, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with. And so that, that seems to be kind of empty rhetoric. Um, but for us, if you're a believer and you believe in the power of prayer because you believe that it is this key or this bridge uh, inter, uh, interlocking heaven and earth itself, then prayer is not empty rhetoric. It's a powerful thing. It's a necessary thing. It truly moves mountains. It truly does what it, it truly makes a difference. And so, um, as we are talking about prayer um, at this on this episode, I, I want y'all to hear that you know, Jim, myself, and Alan, we believe in the power of prayer. It's not when we say we're praying for someone. I hope I know for me. Um, I, I, I don't mean it as empty rhetoric. Uh, it, I mean something, I believe God is in it. Mm. And uh, so prayer is that offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his, his will. So let's look at some scriptures here, and let's start with uh, the prayer book of the saints, if you will, uh, Psalms. Yeah, so I'm going to pick up two uh, sets from two psalms that are in the proofs for the catechism, looking at Psalm 62, verse 8. And just for funsies, for you biblical translation nerds, I'm going to be <laughs> reading. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time in the New Revised Standard Version updated edition, so let's give that a try today. All right, Psalm 62, 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. And um, this, I think this is a beautiful way, y'all, to start the conversation about prayer from Scripture. Um, this middle line, pour out your heart before him. I wonder sometimes if people get—I get confused about prayer. Do y'all ever get confused about oh, prayer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it feels so difficult sometimes, and, um, you know, what should I say? And, and we often think about it purely in petitionary ways, mm-hmm. like I ask for something, and therefore I, I either get it or I don't, or God answers and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the Psalms, which are even prayers that Jesus prayed, have been prayed by people of the scriptures for just thousands of years, um, pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart, because God will listen, and you're connecting with God. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful thing. We'll talk, you know, in an upcoming episode as we get into the Lord's Prayer about the relational aspect of God. God is our Father, mm-hmm. um, a close relational being. So sometimes for prayer, you don't, you just pour out your heart. 
And when you do, whether you're in a pain or a confusion or a joy or a thanksgiving, no matter what you say, or if you just sit there thinking in God's presence, you're giving something to God and then giving space in your own heart for God to speak back. So without getting preachy, I just uh, we just did a, a message in the church, sermon in the church about um, the road to Emmaus, the walk mm-hmm. to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And it's funny um, because we, we talked about prayer because Jesus comes up beside these two who are downcast after the crucifixion. And he says, what are you talking about as you are going along the road? He says, what things are you talking about? And the, the connection we made is if prayer is talking to the Lord and the Lord asks them to talk to him, they are essentially praying. And you know what happens? The longest segment of that scripture is them just laying out mm-hmm. all the things that are on their heart. And Jesus just lets them do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, bef- before we, I just want to lay that out as a big picture framework, because we're going to talk about petitions and asking um, and methods there's something in this verse that's so powerful. Just pour out your heart before him. Yeah. And then later on, I'm sure we'll talk about the listening posture of prayer. Okay, so let me move into Psalm 32, verses 5 through 6, and I'll try to be more brief this time. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. Mm. You talk about the safety and the goodness of confessing our sin before God, which is uh, just a huge part of prayer. The catechism lifts it up. Jesus lifts it up. Um, and the forgiveness that comes as we confess, yeah. it, which confession we've talked about many times is not limited to your conversion. Confession is a way of life. And I love this offer a prayer at a time of distress. Hey, let me pick up a piece real quick on while we're talking about that from um, Pete Gregg's wonderful book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, which is now the one book as a pastor I buy and give away more than any other book outside the Bible. Um, he says, he says this, uh, our English word prayer comes from the Latin precarious. We pray because life is precarious. Hmm. We pray because life is marvelous. We pray because we find ourselves at a loss for many things, but not for the simplest words like please, thank hmm. you, wow, and help. He goes on to say, to, to quote, uh, Canadian psychologist who says that prayer is the soul's native language. Our natural posture is attentive openness to the divine. People simply pray. And so, you know, we pray because life is precarious and God is there to listen. So anyway, just wanted to lift these two from the Psalms uh, for you today. You know, as you were talking about the uh, pouring out your heart. I got that, that text that is often quoted in sermons and studies on prayer from second Chronicles seven fourteen. um, seems to be just that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, he says, I will hear them from heaven. I will hear them. Um, that just reminder of when we do cry out to God, he does hear us. That's a promise. He does 
hear us. And even when you look at the story of the Exodus and the 400 years of slavery and the the crying out to God and crying out to God, uh, God references that. I have heard the cries of my people, and now I'm answering those prayers um, in a mighty and miraculous way. So um, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, all right, so now we're going to move into the Gospels, and we're going to look at uh, uh, the, the the witness of Jesus from John and then his pastoral letter, and I'm going to turn it over to the one and only Alan Kaysen. <laughs> well, I'm going to actually flip those just because that's the way the uh, catechism orders right. them. So um, First John uh, 5, um, I'm going to look at 14 and 15, and we're getting into the idea of asking according to the will of God and then asking in the name of Jesus. Um, And so um, John writes, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Um, So, so if that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so I think that's a big part of, of, um, prayer in terms of when we are petitioning and, um, asking of God that it is his will. Um, and that can be a difficult thing for us to discern. Um, of course, but I think that's where reading scripture and understanding, um, um, understanding God, uh, more fully, um, comes into play. Um, and then having the confidence to know that what we have asked for, we, we, we will have it. Um, then I think some of the difficulties come there is, uh, is the sort of timeline and like, um, we are uh, impatient people. And so yeah. we can have confidence that we are, we have what we've asked for, but that confidence wanes when the longer we longer time goes by, you know, we don't see fruit, so to speak of our prayers. Um, but just the reference you, you, you referred to the Egyptians, 400 years of slavery, um, in Egypt, it's 400 years, a couple of generations, several generations mm-hmm. went by before that those prayers were answered. And mm-hmm. so it's not our time. It's God's time, which is a super difficult, mm-hmm. super difficult for us to, um, understand and live with, um, so that like our prayers may not be answered in our lifetime yeah. um, that, you know, depending on what we are petitioning for. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's, that's just a, can I, can I offer a little bit of my perfectionist nuance to the, the final statement? And this is just pickiness. Uh, I sometimes like to use the word granted or given instead of answered, because I think prayers are always answered now whether or not our petition is granted in the way in which we ask it in a time in which we like it to be maybe a different issue sure um and that that simply comes from trying to walk with people who have and in my own life goodness uh we've asked for something and maybe the thing hasn't been granted but we have this sense of either peace or other movement in our lives where we know that god is answered and heard and responded Mm. Um, and to also help guard against the fact that there's a certain way we pray that will, that God's not paying attention 
unless mm. we, you know, ring the bell five times or mm-hmm. say know, the right words. Yeah. So, and again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not fighting back. I just sometimes like to use the word was my prayer granted because my prayer is always answered. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me? Uh oh. Are you telling me that Garth Brooks was wrong? <laughs> I'm just asking because if so, the last 20 years Some of my God's life are just greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. <laughs> Man, that's my childhood, bro. I know, I know. <laughs> Bef- before I before I cut the country music for the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> um you know, that's a that's a very good kind of distinction, too. Um, and, you know, another piece to that, and there are other uh, passages that allude to this as well, is that um, God give us, God, you know, at least showing that um, if you ask for it, God's going to give it to you. But that's under the understanding, too, that our hearts are kind of in line with what with God's heart, right? Like that's right. right. We're, we're not his, talking according about to a, his will. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is and, not a health, wealth, prosperity. Right. Thing. And that's what it means to pray in Jesus name is right. the alignment with the will. And, you know, even if, even if there are things that we ask for and, and you don't want to, I, I don't want to get into the dichotomy of the simplistic, well, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. I think, I think that there's, there's a sense that God, that prayer does change us. And that over time, maybe what we ask for is molded and changed to God's will, and that's how God's answering us. I also think that God desires to be moved by prayer. So I don't want to say only mm-hmm. prayer doesn't change God, prayer changes us, mm-hmm. but prayer does change us. So if I if I pray for a car, you mm-hmm. know, like I want a Lamborghini, and I pray for that for a month, and I write it down every day I'm praying for it. If I'm open to the Spirit of God, what I what I will probably find is that the nature of my petition and the desire of my heart is changing. Mm. So that maybe what I'm doing is uh, praying for a change of habit to um, save the money so that I can buy an appropriate vehicle, or maybe God God will say, you know what, it, along the way, it's. I don't want that, but thank you, God, for revealing the actual desire of my heart, and this is what I'm praying for. Yeah. Um, yes, and so, God, give Alan the Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God will say, yes. Jim, you desired the Lamborghini, but wow, 30 days later, you're praying that you can get one to give to Alan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Delight yourself uh, in the Lord, and he'll yes. give you the desires of your heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's all about our desires of our heart becoming the desires of God's. Yeah. Um, and yeah so uh so then now the gospel of john chapter 16 everybody stand up for this reading i'm, kidding. I'm sorry i'm sorry uh, well, wow you show up to record in I, a I have them stand up for all all of the scriptures but okay um uh john 16 23 and 24 uh jesus is talking about the grief that disciples will experience when jesus is gone but that their joy will come when they are in the when he's when he's again in their presence and then begins, uh, then has this statement sort of on, on asking in prayer. And he says, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. This is when they are reunited. Uh, very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Um, until now you have not asked for anything in my name, ask Mm -hmm. and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Um, so again, asking in the name of Jesus, um, 
And uh, what a powerful thing too. I mean, just kind of coming across my my mind grapes right now is this idea of <laughs> your what? Crushed. My mind grapes. Your mind grapes. <laughs> yeah, my mind grapes. Okay, uh, everybody, go Google that for me, please. <laughs> my mind grapes. Actually, no. I would advise not googling anything you're not sure of. <laughs> yes. Don't. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Don't. Uh, it's a yes. uh, it's a subtle uh, Thirty Rock reference. Anyway, oh, so, uh, go ahead. So uh, uh, the uh, the uh, he says to the disciples, right? He says to them, "You've not asked in my name." And I wonder today, like when we pray, even if we say in Jesus' name, Amen, if our attitudes, right, our our the disposition of our hearts, keep us from ask, actually asking in a believing way in Jesus' name, um, because there's authority in that name. There's power in that name. We've sang the hymns, right? We've sang the songs, but um, to ask in Jesus' name is to to invoke his will, right? N- not just in the thing we're asking for, but also his will in our own lives. Mm. Um, and um, man, that's a you saying that, I've, I've read that text a thousand times probably, um, but that just really stuck out to me. You've, you have yet to ask in my name. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's important because there's power, power, wonder working power okay. in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to stop is, singing. Is this the musical well, episode? And I can't, <laughs> but I can't also can't decide if he's saying you, you haven't needed to ask in my name because I'm with you now. And later, when I'm not with you, you will need to ask him. I, I, you know, because the idea of the the disciples they were asking about was it they were the Pharisees asking them about fasting. Yeah, and there was no need to fast because um, he's with them. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, maybe some in depth uh, in depth uh, study on study that. on that passage, yeah. but because uh, there's because he goes back and forth about them him being gone and not being gone, and then you know so yeah. Um, um, very, very anyways, interesting. because because when we're in his presence, we we'll, we won't we won't have to. I mean, asking his name, we yeah. won't have to ask for anything, really. I guess. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's good interesting. stuff. I don't know. It's, it's deep stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to look uh, several years later. Um, Paul, uh, the apostle to the Gentiles, is um, in prison, and he is writing to one of his churches that he has planted um, in Philippi. And uh, he says this towards the end of that. I love Philippians, by the way. There's such powerful, powerful um, theology in, in Philippians, especially on the power of the resurrection. Yeah. So um, is it is it like particularly the Philippian people that you like because and maybe not others? Or are you having some trouble <laughs> like loving all people? Can we, can uh, we, can we pray I, in Jesus' name for your heart to open to uh, my, people from to other you. cities? Yeah, the, the the people from Ephesus just get on my everlasting. Uh, sorry, we, don't we're get gonna... me started about the Corinthians. Oh my, <laughs> we're gonna run out of time on this. I gotta yeah. stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> go 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 go. Okay, so um, so Paul in prison, um, either under house arrest or whatever it is, but he's in in you know he's not a free man. He writes this letter. There's a lot of joy in this letter. And in, in fact, he ends, and towards the end, he, he says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness uh, be known to everyone. The Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, a powerful, and I, I think a couple of things on this. First, I think that the the pivotal point of this passage is that the Lord is at hand. Um, I think that is that is the, the the crux of it here. That we can be joyful, we can be gentle, we can re, we can rejoice even in our sufferings. Um, we can bring our request to God with thanksgiving. Um, and I love why because the Lord is at hand; He's near. Again, getting to this idea of what Tom Wright or N.T. Wright said, um, that prayer is this, this key that brings heaven and earth uh, uh, together, one of the keys that brings heaven and earth together. Um, and, I, and I love how Paul doesn't get into uh, issues of, 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 of stuff, right? He, he just basically says, he, he doesn't even make any promises other than if you bring your request to God, there will be peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, so he's not even asked saying that, you know, and in the language you were using, Jim, that your prayer request is going to be granted maybe, but that there will be peace that surpasses all understanding. By the act of bringing That's your request, request to, God, to God, which is, which reorients our heart, even in the asking from, um, from self-centered or uh, even idolatrous kind of yeah. thinking. Yeah. To, it, it, Asking God is is an act of growing in dependence on God. It's recognizing our dependence on God. Yeah, you know the thing. The thing that's so interesting about this is that passage, and even the Catechism, when it talks about offering up of our desires to God for things agreeable to His will, or make a request known to God, it there's very often that we think about changes that we want to see in situations or things that we would like to receive. But what about the desires of our heart? Oof, like, yeah. God, uh, I want to want you more. Oh, yeah. Um, God, teach me to pray. Yeah. Um, God, I am hungry and I need you. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of desires are vital. Mm -hmm. um, and those are absolutely included in at the forefront of petition, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, grant me this thing or change my situation. Yeah. So, guys, uh, all right, let's say I'm a... Uh, I'm a non-believer or I'm a seeking believer or whatever, new, maybe even a baby believer. Um, and I come to you guys who have been in ministry for years and I say, look, we, when I was growing up, we prayed at the dinner table. Um, before I went to bed, we would say, you know, God is great. God is not, not God is great. God, uh, we would say, um, the, a bedtime prayer. I can't even remember that the one. Um, um, but I, we would do all this. But I really don't know what prayer is. How would you define? How would you define prayer to someone who has no concept of what this would be? At its um, at its good. simplest, I might say something like, "Prayer is trying to connect your heart to God's heart, or reaching out to to for non-believer, reaching out to what is bigger than you." Um, and uh, point out the ways that you're probably already doing that. Mm -hmm. Your yearning is the awakening of your heart to pray. So before I talk about methods, I would simply talk about a desire to hear from something bigger than you, or if you're already in, uh, you know, kind of in towards faith, say, just wanting to hear from God and opening yourself to that is the beginning of prayer. Um, just trying to, to 
say something to something bigger than yourself from your heart. And if you're already in the faith to God, that is the beginning of prayer. That's good. That's good. Mm. Alan, were you going to say something? Yeah. Well, all those things. Um, <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, listening to the heart of God and yes. uh, mm-hmm. speaking our heart to God's yes. heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is, is both, is both speaking and listening. Yes. Um, probably more listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of uh, something more. I mean, we would definitely say it's God, you know, God the Father, um, Son, the Holy Spirit. And but uh, yeah, something more. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, there's this image that I always get when I think about about prayer. There's actually two, and they come from two different movies. One is uh, uh, Meet the Parents. The prayer scene Goodness. and meet the parents, parents, Pra-parents. parents, parents. Um, when uh, the Ben Stiller character is, is is asked to pray, y'all need to go watch that. It's, it's really funny. You can find it on YouTube probably. But there's another uh, scene. Have y'all ever seen the movie with uh, Robert Duvall, The Apostle? Oh, so long ago. I don't remember. It's been it. a while. It, yeah. it, it's, and it's one of my favorite movies. Of um, course it, it is. It, it was a low-budget film that he actually put 80s, together. Right? Yeah. Huh? In the 80s, right? Yeah. No, 90s. It was 90s. Oh, it was okay, 90s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he plays a, um, uh, a a Pentecostal preacher whose wife leaves him, is cheating on him uh, with the youth minister at the church. And um, he, he uh, the Robert Duvall character, attacks the youth minister, and um, he's on his deathbed, basically. And he runs and and takes up residence in this small town and really starts helping out the town and his preaching ministry. It's just really kind of a powerful movie. There's some really great scenes. There's one scene though, like as uh, his name is Sonny, as Sonny is uh, just got word that he, his wife has been having an affair and wants a divorce. Um, He goes to his mom's house and he's staying in his old room and he's up all night praying just loud, languishing prayer. And um, he turns his ear up towards heaven, basically. He turns his ear up towards God. And he's asking God, why are you doing this? I've been a good servant for you. Why why is this allowed? Why are you allowing this? Why are you allowing this to happen? And he turns his ear up to God as if to hear the voice of God. And he doesn't get any reply. And he does this kind of just kind of throws his hands up like, nah, like just he's mad. He's upset, but there's something very real about that prayer. He doesn't leave his faith. He just gets mad at God. And I think there's something pretty powerful about our real emotions towards God in our prayer life. Um, If we are praying to really lay it out before God, if we're mad, if we're upset, if we're, um, if we don't even like our percept, like if we think God should be moving quicker, then we just say it like we just be real. That's a relational piece to that. And that's what I tell people all the time. One of the beautiful things about prayer is that it's an opportunity for us to be real with God. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. That, that shout of anger while people would be like, Oh my goodness, where's your mm-hmm. faith? That is prayer. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, see, I'm going to betray my nineties stuff now too. Um, <laughs> Chris Rice is, is, and I don't know if he's still doing anything. Um, he has this song called Big Enough. And it says, mm. um, I hope you don't mind me asking the questions, but I figure you're big enough. Mm. Um, and if you look through the Psalms, man, some of those Psalms are angry and sad yes. and faithless. Um, but 
every time you dump out something like like that anger or something in that case, mm-hmm. you dump that out, there's now space in your heart that God can fill with something else. Yeah, yeah, 100%, absolutely. And, and God is big enough to handle our oh, yeah. anger and yeah. our doubts and our f- in moments of faithlessness. And he's way, yeah, I mean, so... So, um, you know, the question will come up, well, then how do you pray? And, you know, you can have books like uh, the Pete Gregg book is a great book. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, but I thought great. today um, what we would do, and there's a lot. There's um, Centering Prayer that our friend Brian Russell has put out. That's a different type of prayer. Um, and uh, there's all kinds of – Philip Yancey's got a book on prayer – um, there's just all kinds of stuff on prayer out there. So it could almost become daunting, if you, especially if you're new to the faith and you're trying to develop a, a prayer life and a prayer discipline. Um, what do you do? How do you do it? And so what I thought I would do is I would just ask uh, Alan and Jim, and then I'd share, like, uh, share your personal, like, what do you do in prayer? And I know um, our prayer lives change. Mine does. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the things I do, how I go about it. Sometimes it's pretty formal. Sometimes it's not. Um, but kind of where you are right now, uh, take us through, uh, share with our listeners kind of what your prayer life looks like right mm-hmm. at this moment. Who wants that first? <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll do mine first. Okay. I'll, I'll just kind of give it out there first. Can't bear the silence. Yeah. I can't bear the silence. Yeah. So yeah. that's why centering prayer is a struggle for me. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so um, what I'm doing at this moment is um, I, I took a cue from our interview with Tim Tennant um, a little while ago, which, by the way, go into our archives and find that. It's a great uh, interview um, where he was talking about in his first couple of years as president of Asbury Theological Seminary that he was struggling. And he didn't even know if he could continue with it. And so he decided to take time and start reading every morning. Um, one of the Psalms and just going through that. And so I decided, especially with this transit pastoral transition, I'm getting ready to undertake here in about a month or so um, that I, you know, through anxiety and worry and all of that, that I needed something like that. And so I've started doing the same thing. So um, most days I do struggle with my time and, and, and offering time to this. So I'll be honest with that. But most days um, I start my mornings off with a, a, one of the Psalms and then I like to um, listen to a song, if I can find one, that is based on that song. So Shane and Shane, the group Shane and Shane, they have a lot of great songs based on the Psalms. And then um, a group called Enter the Worship Circle has oh, a lot that. of um, great songs based on the Psalms. And so I'll go look for those. Um, and then I've started using just this past week, again, um, the Lectio Divina um, 365, I think is what it's called, app, um, and helping me with centering and with kind of getting my head right. So those are just some practices. It takes me about uh, 20 to 25 minutes um, a day to do all of that, um, just to kind of do that. And then I'm praying throughout the day, of course, but for various things. But that is just kind of the start of my morning that I um, I fail at a lot, but I'm also trying to implement some sort of discipline in my life that I need right at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, that kind of leads in, I mean, I, I, I use the Lectio 365, um, pretty much, um, all the, all the time. Um, and that, that really it's put out by Pete Gregg's folks. And so, and, and we're probably going to refer to Pete Gregg a lot over the next few episodes, just because, 
Um, his book is a great book and it's all modeled after the Lord's prayer, which is what we're going to go into, um, um, what, and what the catechism uses to, to go over prayer. Um, and it's the whole idea of Paul's reflect and rejoice, ask, and then yield, um, using the word pray, um, to just guide it through. Um, and so that's my main form of prayer. Um, of course, like you said, I'm praying through that day. Um, I've got my music that I listen to that I pray with, but, mm. um, I mean, I just be straight up honest. It is a struggle to, mm-hmm. to, to stop and to, um, pause and to pray. Um, cause the last show 365, I mean, I don't know, it's maybe 10 minutes. Um, and you know, you say you pray throughout the day, but I think there, and then that I think it's totally fine, but yeah um i I gotta spend more time in prayer um (laughs) i think Mm -hmm. you know um so um but there's tons of tools out there to help you Mm -hmm. yeah so i i mean i think it's just worth being honest with it it's it i mean it's not easy for sure and some of my personal personal things that get in the way that i think might be helpful for others is um busyness gets in the way um sometimes there are methods or modes of praying that work for me for a season. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, I let them go mm-hmm. and they fall short. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, Hey, I'm, I'm just a failure at discipline. Sometimes it means that I need to grab a hold of a different way for the, for a season. Yep. Um, I like what Pete Gregg says about prayer. He says, keep it simple, keep it real and keep it up. And so really I've grabbed a hold of that. Gosh, that's so simple. Why don't I know that already? Yeah, yeah no, Yeah. Um, but instead of saying, well, I didn't open my book of common prayer and go through, you know, every day this week, my goal is to keep it up. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here are a couple of things that really work for me long, you know, across the way. So, of course, I love to pray. I, I pray a lot with music. It helps me. My mind moves a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it helps me connect with my heart mm-hmm. as one who's kind of a doer. And so that's really helpful for me. And I'll just find that, you know, I'll. I'll mutter and think and even get in a posture of prayer sometimes um, to do that. Something that works for me almost all the time is prayer by writing. Mm-hmm. Y'all have probably heard, you know, I'm a journaler um, and that is, that is me praying. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Psalm says, pouring my heart out to God. Um, I pray in reading scripture, usually with my journal um, <laughs> in seasons where I have trouble focusing, which is just admit, like you might get busy, you might have a lot going on at home. Um, you might just be tired. I rely on prayers of the church. Mm. So that might be when I, when I go back to a season of the book of common prayer, so I can, uh, or the Anglican book of common worship has great prayers in it. That might be a time where I'm going to spend the next week or so praying with the Lectio 365 app. It may be that I'll listen to, I have a couple of podcasts by the forward movement that read that like they read the daily morning prayer from the book of common prayer. And I've got to listen to focus. Um, Those are some practices. So my goal is to, to keep it up. And I've got kind of a toolbox of things because I've learned about myself that if I try to commit forever to one method of prayer, that I'm going to switch into perfectionist doing mode 
mm-hmm. into I should mode instead mm-hmm. of I want to engage my heart mode. Yeah. If that makes okay. any sense. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much oh, so. Totally. Gosh, I'm right there with you on that. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I've really leaned into lately too is corporate prayer and being in a community and oh, praying yes. and Gosh, listening yes. to the prayers of the people kind of either popcorn up or mm-hmm. however they come or being prayed over. Oh gosh, when gosh. we were at the Spirit and Truth Conference, being prayed over, mm. um, I forget what that's like. You know, you, you, we've had people pray over us, and I've prayed over people, but to be prayed over is a powerful, powerful connection and thing. And um, yeah, yeah, so it's powerful. Yeah. Um, inter- yeah. So good. So good. Let me, let me, let me share one more little thing. I, I've been talking to, let's just say this within the last year I spent time with a person who is just trying to navigate a choice and they want to do that, you know, in their life. And they want to do that through prayerful discernment, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that ended uh, that I think was potentially helpful for them. Um, and it was kind of a, not trying to toot a horn, but this is how I encourage them to pray because they were having trouble praying because they would ask, say, God, I need guidance. And then they'd be like, where's the guidance, mm-hmm. which I totally get. So I asked the person, I said, did you make a pro con list? Mm. Yeah, I made a pro con list. I said, here's, here's what you can do. If you want to, if you want to hear God's voice and discern, I want you to go through uh, the pros and cons of making this choice and the pros and cons of making this choice. And in each one, I want you to say, God, I'm going to listen to you. Tell me which one of these comes from a place of truth. Mm. And then uh, kind of strike out the ones that you feel you don't, and then go back through with that list and just pray, God, this is, this is something on my pro list for this choice. God, will you give me peace about this? If this is your will or not. So they actually have something tangible they're working with, Mm -hmm. um, that connects their logic, their mind, and they're not having to make up words. They're, they're using what they've thought for prayer. Um, and, Time will tell if the choice gets made and uh, for them, uh, but it brings a peace and a sense of drawing awareness of God's voice into That's good. practical yeah. discernment. That's great. Hey, by the way, and I don't know, um, we are coming to the end of this, this episode, but um, I wanted to, to share one of the, the cool things that um, Jim just did at his church kind of in a corporate way um, is... Um, a 24 seven prayer time, right. That took off. Like it just became a thing unto its own. Yeah. Um, you want to share quickly about, yeah, uh, I, about I, have that? To, I have to tell you a little bit about that. So for one, we have a great team at first Methodist in Albany, just at a beautiful team. So um, the idea came out and then they, a lot of them really took it. So it's modeled after, you know, Pete Gregg runs the 24 seven prayer movement yeah. and they have a 24 seven prayer room. So what it is, is basically what you're trying, what, what your goal is, is to invite people to pray for an hour. And then corporately, what you're doing is to pray for 24 hours. So you've got 24 people, essentially, that will go into a space for prayer. Um, and so our goal was, let's see if we can let's see if we can invite people to pray on behalf of the church in whatever the way they want for 24 hours in a prayer room. Um, and there's tons of different ways. All we wanted them to do is encounter God. They could dance, listen to music, sit in silence, read scripture, read prayers, intercede, whatever. And we coached them up through it. And why do this? Why do this? We have a beautiful, uh, larger church with uh, just a hunger for God. And instead of us continually trying to find um, 
just a flashy way to mm. engage them where we're having to heighten the emotional trigger every time we do something new. We said, we know that this is a means of grace and prayer works. So instead of trying to do something flashy, let's invite people to do what we know works and make them part. So what happened is essentially we're like, well, let's see if we can get 24 hours. Took a lot of organization. Uh, we ended up praying for 78 hours straight. There wow. were there were 78 and Praise some the of them, some of them pulled up twice. After the first 24 opened, we we opened up some more. Um we, we did have like one lapse at like a three in the morning in there, but for 78 hours out of you know four days or so. Um, and people were some people were nervous. I don't know if I can pray for an hour. We're gathering testimonies now. Um to, to share at the church and we can link to that maybe in an upcoming show notes for an upcoming episode if you want to see it um people said i i didn't know i could pray for an hour and i wanted to keep praying mm. um and i want to tell you that it's changing our church why because that many more people are connected deeply with god wow and we will do we'll do again we'll, yeah. we'll do again praise the lord praise the lord that's so good that's so good. Jim kept sharing that with us, um, you know, just like, oh, we've added another day. We've added another day. And it just <laughs> kind of just took off. It was crazy, man. It was awesome. It's funny. We had a bunch of people be like, hey, are y'all doing this for like a reason? <laughs> um, we had a couple people concerned because, you know, the United Methodist Church is doing some things. We yeah. had a couple people like, oh, is this discernment about the United Methodist no, Y'all, we're just praying. Like, just is praying. it so weird to just pray that, yeah. that people get worried that our church is praying? That's funny. <laughs> That's so wild. That is so crazy. Um, all right. Well, man, what a great, great conversation. Um, my, my, I'm, I'm excited about this, what we're getting into. Um, our next episode, we're going to be uh, really hitting up, uh, introducing the Lord's Prayer. This is... Uh, the model that the uh, catechism uses uh, goes to this ancient model of teaching us how to pray. Um, and so uh, we'll be uh, introducing the Lord's Prayer, what it is, and we'll be also talking about the first kind of opening salvo of that, uh, which is our Father in Heaven. And so uh, I hope you will join in for that next episode as we uh, as we start ending um, our time through the catechism and get preparing for something new. As a reminder, uh, the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth podcast network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for mission. For information and resources, visit spiritandtruth.life. Hit us up on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. You can also leave us a email at questions at podakesis.com or even call us. We have a voicemail number, 404-635-6679. And as always, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That does help us out a lot. Until next time, friends, uh, we love you. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you once again. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.